0: Log Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real.
1: All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on Hour. iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network.
0: G's Power Hour. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. It is 2023 and you got a brand new g or we're working on it anyway welcome to g's power hour here on blog talk radio and uh yeah this is the first live show of the year you know you got to kind of sometimes you got to ease back into those new years but um we're gonna we're, we're gonna I, we're not actually gonna ease back into it too much today because we have uh, one of our favorites back with us today, and um, we're going to get started on some real stuff here. Kevin Anderson from Anderson and Welch, good morning, sir. How are you?
0: Good morning. Happy New Year. Good morning. Happy New Year to you as well. I am so glad to be here, especially to start the new year uh, on G's Power Hour. So, man, let's get at it.
1: Let's get at it. I'm going to let you take the lead on, on this so because, I, I mean, there's a variety of things that, that we can discuss. But um, this is your wheelhouse today, so what, what are we going to start with?
0: Well, let's talk about a couple of cases that are brewing uh, that seem to have uh, made the news. Uh, so uh, I don't know whether the listening audience has caught wind of the uh, Amir Johnson shooting case that took place in New Jersey. Uh, that is a case that is now in uh, litigation or wrongful death based upon the shooting and killing of a mentally ill man uh, who was alleged mm-hmm. to have uh, confronted law enforcement with a, a broken bottle. Uh, when I When I heard about the case, the first thing I wanted to do was to see whether there was any uh, media out there which would uh, show a a body-worn camera footage or maybe a dash cam uh, perspective. And I found it. So I was able to – I did. I found it. I was able to view the entire encounter with this man. And uh, apparently uh, he was – disturbed. I'm I'm not a physician, so I haven't diagnosed him, and I haven't read any reports Mm diagnosing him, but I saw this individual walking down a roadway. It wasn't in a city. It wasn't on a sidewalk. It was in a relatively rural area, but it was next to a two-lane highway or or a a thoroughfare where traffic was active. Uh, He had a bottle in his hand that uh, is alleged to have been broken. And uh, the police confronted him, asking him to, number one, stop. Number two, drop the bow Now, he was not threatening law enforcement. He wasn't threatening anyone other than himself. It is a fact that he had injured himself. He was bleeding from the neck area and some hmm. other place on his body. So apparently he had uh, inflicted uh, some injury to himself. And, and he was... Speaking aloud. Uh, So that led me to think that there was something that um, he was uh, laboring with uh, from a mental uh, illness capacity. And uh, so this discussion or this dialogue, if you want to call it that, but the police took place for about 20 minutes where they're following him and, you know, they're trying to get ahead of him and they're telling this guy, hey, drop the bottle, drop the bottle, drop the bottle, drop the bottle. You know, and and, you know, this just goes on and on and on and on. And eventually, mm-hmm. he decides, okay, you know, you guys, like, won't leave me alone, so why don't you just kill me? So what he does oh. is he rushes the police. Um, and mm-hmm. at this point, um, you know, of course, um, they shoot at him. You know, he's shot, and uh, he uh, falls to the ground and eventually uh, succumbs uh, to his injuries. Um, so, um, a lawsuit uh, alleging that less lethal force should have been used in order to prevent uh, this uh, encounter that resulted in his death, uh, and that they, they, they did have some less, less lethal force, but they didn't have enough, and um, um, also that the police uh, could have um, evaluated whether he should have been stopped to begin with. Because it's not a crime to walk around with a broken bottle in a rural area and to like be talking out of your head. So why even stop me to begin with? I mean, it's 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 um, looks a little odd, but as long as I'm not threatening anyone else, and um, perhaps you know there's no clear reason to take me into custody for what we call here a Baker Act. Leave me alone. Um, so. Um, uh, I might add that the grand jury did clear the officers of all uh, criminal allegations in the case, so there is no, no uh, criminal proceeding that's pending. But that case is now in federal litigation. Uh, so uh, that's the Amir Johnson case. Mm-hmm. And so
1: what, So you're saying it's the feds have it now. If they've already said not, there's nothing that's been done wrong, what elevates it to that? position?
0: Well, the um, the lawsuit can be filed in either state or federal court. And so okay. uh, the his state has brought a wrongful death lawsuit in the United States District Court in that jurisdiction, alleging uh, that there has been excessive force, uh, which was used by the police officers, and also uh, excessive force that would therefore be imputed to the agency as a a violation of some custom uh, practice or policy, and in addition, that there is a Fourth Amendment seizure uh, that took place, which uh, was accompanied by uh, some degree of uh, excessive force, which would now bring in a, another count uh, under the uh, the, the uh, federal law. So, so that's how it gets to the United States District Court. Okay.
1: So, what do you see happening? Is I mean. Is, is this a justifiable elevation the i mean what do you what do you see uh the outcome i mean it will anything happen with uh the officers or involved
0: i think that uh this is going to be heavily litigated will definitely uh state that they had a good reason uh we call it uh, probable cause or arguable probable cause to seize him because he was not only a danger to himself, but potentially a danger to others eventually. In that he appeared to be mentally ill, and he had a dangerous weapon, and he was in the uh, the, the, the the public uh, while uh, in this uh, capacity and uh, by carrying this weapon. So I think I think that they did have a. Uh, a good reason to at least uh stop him uh at least uh to look uh, at his general welfare or at least to sort of contain him and um when he did not stop um, to kind of walk with him was okay where he messed up is that he rushed these guys and and the videos out there if you want me to I'll send you a link i, I mean he he like a crazed man he 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 literally started running right for uh, one of the officers. Now, if it were me, and I'm just Monday morning quarterback in here, I tell you, I can't, I can't throw a screen pass, let alone a bomb. Okay, but <laughs> I would have probably, <laughs> I would have probably waited a couple more seconds, you know, before I shot mm-hmm. him. But you know, the, the moment he started running at this police officer, man, they lit him up. So, um, so I think that he may get past the, the motion to dismiss phase. It is doubtful that he's going to prevail uh, at the summary judgment phase. This will probably result in a settlement that would be, yeah, uh, you know, uh, not really very large, but you never know. You never know.
1: So I did find a, an article that I did post on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. Um, so, you know, everybody can kind of get more familiar with the um the case but yeah I do remember that now my question is though usually when you have someone that has uh, mental illnesses and, and they're in a situation like that, they're you know walking down the street or whatever ever it's usually not the first time you know and usually law enforcement kind of gets familiar with some of those, you know, the, the people that that have these issues in the community. So uh, why? Would, I guess what I'm just trying to figure out is that what was with him him rushing them? Is that what the trigger was? Has he not done this before? You know, that's that. I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out because some, like I said, some some of these people that issues, you know, are. I I mean, I I see one guy, for example, all the time. Well, I won't say all the time, but there's a particular CVS that um, I go to every now and then in, in Altamont Springs, and there's a guy that's standing there, um, and you know he, I, you know, at, at first I was kind of leery because I wasn't sure what was going on, but he he, he clearly has some sort of issue going on. But it's someone that you see on a regular basis, and after a while, you're like, okay, you know, he, he you're not sure exactly what his, what his deal is, but he's relatively harmless. You know,
0: so I, 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 I guess that's what. In smaller places, it's... yeah, yeah. In smaller places, in larger cities, there are dozens and sometimes hundreds of uh, people roaming about that. Uh, you know, you just don't recognize. And then the police officers change as well. So so you got, you know, the, the sheer number of people who are, are mentally ill, and then you've got the, the the police agencies with you know, these police officers who go from shift to shift, uh, night shift, days, you know, swing shifts. So they, they and, and they just don't recognize these people, you know, all the time. So,
1: now I know that there have been more efforts to, I guess, work in tandem with uh, mental health experts uh, in some law enforcement, local law enforcement agencies. Um, There's been an increase of that. Do you think something like that, and I'm not sure if they had that in, in this situation, but do you think something like that kind of helps to, I guess, put the reins a little bit on, you know, law enforcement using their guns so they can actually kind of get a chance to assess the situation. Do you think it's helpful? I guess, basically.
0: It's helpful. It's helpful. The argument from law enforcement's perspective is that, you know, a sharp edge, uh, which would be a knife or a broken bottle, cuts mm-hmm. whether it's being wielded by someone who's mentally ill or someone who means you harm, uh, who has full, uh, uh, capacity of the faculty. So it doesn't matter. Uh, if a person's coming after you, um, you, you have to do something to neutralize the threat. So what difference does it make? Um, now, um, the counter position is that, well, don't get in that position if you know that you've got this lethal weapon uh, that is uh, likely to be used against you you know it's like in the case of this fellow who was walking down the street they knew that something wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't right it's i mean mm-hmm. the video is like 18 or 20 minutes so mm-hmm. in his particular case um could they have tased him uh, a little more yeah maybe if you wanted to get that close but um uh, could you have used the canine perhaps to uh kind of stop him he wouldn't be dead he'd be mauled you know pretty good um, so mm-hmm. that's an option. Um, this shooting in the leg thing and all that doesn't uh, that, that doesn't fly. You know, police officers when they pull that firearm, they're shooting to kill. They're not shooting to maim or to cripple. They're going center mass, and uh, you know it's probably going to be a lethal shot. Um, so uh, that could have been done, but gee, the agencies aren't receiving training that makes them. Uh, uh, receptive to mental illness and aware of some of the things to de-escalate a scenario which involves a mentally ill suspect. Uh, There are things that could be said. Uh, There are measures that could contain the person so that you're not exposing yourself to this person who can rush at you with, like, a, a knife that makes you shoot him. Um, So I think, you know, if we work a little smarter at it, uh, instead of, like, you know, rushing in like John Wayne, um, I think we Mm -hmm. could save some lives here. I think we really could save some lives here. I I really do. And
1: and I guess my my other question is, you know, like you're talking about, they're probably going to settle. And, And that kind of, to me, is like because people kind of figure that this is going to happen that kind of I I just don't think that that gives the situation any peace so to speak like if you know if I'm an officer and I, I end up in one of these situations and um, you know, it's like, well, you know, there's something probably in the back of my mind saying, well, you know, they'll, they'll go through all of this and everything, but nothing's really going to happen. Nothing's going to really happen to me. You know, I'm gonna, still going to keep my job, and they're going to sell this. And, that's, you know, I don't come out of my pocket with nothing. There's no consequences.
0: Great. Right? A great, great, great observation. You know, you're bringing 2022 into 2023. We ended our last interview talking about sovereign immunity and let's just pick up on it here. Sovereign immunity limits the government's financial responsibility for something like this in Florida to $200,000. Okay. And I, man, it, it may cost half that or maybe a little under that to defend the case. So why not? Why not pay the money? and be done with it. That's not an incentive for these officers to be careful if they know that the exposure for the agency is $200,000 under Florida law. Okay? Now, individually, they could be charged. Right. And, yes, yes, the police officer can be charged individually. But sometimes they're judgment-proof. They don't have the money to pay these, these lucrative right. settlements that you hear. So, you know, yeah. you're going to
1: say, okay, I'm going to have to pay you a million dollars. Well, you know, I ain't got a no million dollars, okay, um, and, and you know, you're, and you're not firing me, okay. You, I, you know, so this is what kind of bothers me. I, I you know, I do think that that uh, you know the families or whatever should receive some sort of compensation. It, you know, if the person gets killed, they're not going to get them back. We we know that, okay. Um, but they so, uh, you, but something and, and the settlement. While I think it's okay, it's still, though, it throws money at a situation, and there's no resolution. There's no con- consequences. You know, someone should lose their job, or someone should be demoted, or or someone should be suspended, or, you know, it, it needs to kind of, it needs to hurt
0: a little bit, you know. Yeah, yes, and it can hurt if the agency is sued under a federal theory, which establishes which results in the violation but it's it's called a manel claim Um, and it is uh, uh, named after a famous supreme court case uh, out of new york and ultimately it is the responsibility of the plaintiff to prove that the constitutional violation arose from a violation uh, that uh, related to the custom policy or practice. So, um, and it's tough. It's really tough. But when you get there, that unlocks the key. That really unlocks the key uh, because now the municipality is on the hook. That's what you want. So you ask yourself, well, how do we get there with George Floyd? How do we get there with Breonna Taylor? I mean, these are like major settlements. These are landmark settlements. Um, you know, these people, uh, in large part, I think reacted. And I'm talking about the municipalities because this was a racially charged uh, public event that began to change the dialogue in, in the United States. And that caused these agencies to want quiet people down and to want to appear to be responsible for what should not have happened. And that black eye, I believe, motivated these agencies to settle, or these cities to settle. You know, agencies work for cities, so ultimately, it's the city that's settling, or the or the municipality. So, um, if those cases had not been brought to light, I guarantee you that those settlements would never have gotten even close to those enormous amounts. Well. He's got more to
1: talk about. We're going to take a quick break. We are here with Kevin Anderson of Anderson and Welch, Welch breaking down some of the uh, cases that we hadn't gotten to, you know, with the holidays and everything, you know. We're, so that doesn't, you know, because it's been kind of out of sight, it's not out of mind, and we're bringing it to the forefront today. If you have questions, the number is 516-387-1944. That is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at AndersonandWelch.com. Hey there! Welcome back to G's Power Hour. on never had it so good. Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Here with civil rights attorney Kevin Anderson. We're kicking off the new year. We're getting an update on some cases. Um, what else is in in, uh, <laughs> in
0: your view right now, Kevin? What what else? Is- there are a few cases that are at the Supreme Court, and uh, they will probably impact a number of people with respect to. Uh, affirmative action and also voting rights. Uh, mm-hmm. I am generally interested in those areas. It's not police liability, but it's it's commonsensical for a guy like me, and uh, so I'm following those matters. Uh, so mm-hmm. one of the cases it is known as, uh, or oh, it's called, or styled as we say, uh, Moore versus Harper. And uh, that is a voting rights case which uh, is examining a concept known as the independent state legislature theory. Now, that theory gives state legislatures the exclusive authority to set election rules for federal elections. States! States! And it also does not require state oversight. Now, that's huge because essentially this is rewriting things that a, a previous landmark case, Shelby versus Holder, established. Um, so just by way of, of uh, historical education, uh, Shelby versus Holder was a Supreme Court case that established two things. Preclearance for altering or changing any voting laws or practices. In number two, a coverage formula in order to establish where those laws would be applied. Well, uh, what happened was that um, that case is no longer being utilized. Um, we saw that when that coverage went away, that hundreds of uh, polling places closed, mostly those affecting the black community. There were early voting restrictions put into place in a number of cities, which again impacted black and brown voters. The voter rolls began to get purged with people not even knowing that they were no longer uh, an an eligible and registered voter. And uh, these voter ID laws began to be put into place so that that when you showed up to vote, you weren't able to do so. So now, with Moore versus Harper and this independent state legislature theory, this is like the death nail. This is like the kick in the teeth when you're down. Now it affords the state legislatures the ability to set election rules in federal elections without state oversight. You can just imagine what's getting ready to happen. You can just imagine. Now, you have a, uh, a guest who I, I really like when he's on. Uh, I believe he at some point or he may still be a part of the Florida legislature. Uh, uh, what's what's his name? Uh, is it Bruce? Uh, State Representative uh, G- Bruce Antone. He does a great job, man. I love him. I I, I like, <laughs> I like when he breaks down these uh, redistricting principles and when he's talking about some of the, the shenanigans that are taking place with respect to voting rights uh, and voting laws, but, man, he's spot on, man. He is spot on. And Moore versus Harper is one of those cases that you're going to see which is going to change the game. That's going to change the game or it's going to protect. So that's out there. That case is in front of the Supreme Court right now. Um, There is another case that's out there. In fact, there um, there are Uh, two cases that are out there. Uh, One is uh, Gonzalez versus Google, and another one is the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation versus Wall. Okay? These cases are dealing with liability of companies for digital media problems based upon a third party. So, for example, if you have, let's say, YouTube, and you allow a third party to use your platform for the purpose mm-hmm. of doing something tortious, these cases are looking to see whether you could hold YouTube liable for what you let a third party do on your platform. Um, Gonzalez versus Google uh, pertain to uh, the promotion of uh, something known as um, uh, as an ISIS threat, you know, if you recall ISIS. Uh, on their platform, uh, which uh, resulted, I believe, in the killing of a person. Um, And uh, the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation case deals with robocalls, which misled voting blacks. So, you know, all of which uh, in both of those cases came from a third party, but on the platform of another party. So the question is whether that party's platform uh, will now result in liability because of what happens through the platform. Interesting. Mm.
1: And by the way, I am trying to kind of keep up with Kevin because he didn't tell me about some of this stuff in advance. But anyway, I am I'm posting uh, some of the, the information, and you can get further information yourself, but I'm posting some of it just to kind of give you a, a starter on the Jeep Power Hour Facebook page. So, uh, just wanted to, to let you know.
0: Um, okay. Well, if you want to so. link the uh, the, it's the the uh, link to the Communications Decency Act, because that is the legislation which shields online platforms from liability. Again, the Communications Decency Act, and that act is what is being challenged. At the Supreme Court level,
1: Communications Decency Act of 1996, right? Yep, I
0: yep. got it. Got all right. it. All right, all right. Hope oh, so, I'm not losing you here or losing whoever's listening because no, you know it, 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 it's
1: not <laughs> no. We, like, need know, know.
0: we need to know. Crack a it, You know? Yeah, you know. yeah. It's out there. You know, it's out there, and it's stuff is like just happening, and it's just like people don't, aren't even like the wiser. You know, they're like, oh, 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 oh they're just going about their day, and you know? then. Right <laughs> you know? right, yeah, yeah, And if yeah, stuff
1: happens yeah. and you go what What just happened what? Yep. How did this happen You know <laughs> So it, we've got to yep. get it out there Yeah. Yep. So um, I, know, I wanted to um, ask you No I'm sorry go ahead please
0: Well we have one of those Cases uh, In Florida uh, Moody versus Net Choice and, uh, okay. and a Florida case We actually have one here uh, With that uh, it it um, it questions the constitutionality of a Florida law making it illegal for social media companies to suspend a politician's account. Uh, that's a Florida case that's out there right now. It's uh, Moody versus NetChoice. So that's kind of in that same, you know, focus of uh, of the uh, Communications Decency Act theory.
1: Can I want to ask you about. Something and I forwarded it to you. um, I didn't get the chance to touch on it as much as I wanted to before we um, got on air, but having to do with the makeup of the Florida Legislature and how it impacts, uh, I guess, some of these types of cases uh, that you know having the uh, having it being predominantly white male uh Is you know it makes it I guess a little bit tougher to get some of these these cases get a, get get attention to them or get them resolved. Did you see Did you see that?
0: I it, I looked at that and I I was um you know and I I kind of thought about it and I I'm, I don't, I didn't want to victimize you know okay. w- white men who are in the legislature and um people who are members of a particular party um, Mm -hmm. by putting them all in one basket, because really and truly, like, you know, just because you're white and just because you're a man and just because you're a Republican uh, and just because you make up the majority of the legislature, it doesn't mean that, you know, everybody's inherently evil Um, and uh, it doesn't mean that everyone has uh, motives that aren't uh, in uh, the best interest of people who aren't, uh, of that same race and gender um so you know i ha, i ha, you know, i'm I'm always very careful uh in okay. uh in, in saying that hey look man, just because they look like this and you know and they sound like that, you know and they're part of this group they they're, they're this or, or one other thing so um um so um you know I mean you know we all saw the other night uh what happened to the young man on the uh on the on the football field with uh oh uh, yeah. Um, Cincinnati and Buffalo, and, you know, listen, man, there were as many white people as there were black people who were shedding tears and who were on their knees praying and who came to the mm-hmm. attention of that young man and, and who still are cheering for him. So, you know, we cannot, we just cannot give up on the human race, you know, just because we're no. different and we are different, you know. So um, all right, I probably didn't answer that question. but uh, that,
1: That's fine. You know, that's fine I, I got you I understand we are going to take another break we are here with civil rights attorney Kevin Anderson of Anderson and Welch and if you have questions the number is 516-387-1944 G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment we'll be right back having a wedding reception family reunion planning a banquet or some other fundraising event need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast let us help at our gatherings let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable treasured call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com let us help plan your special event
0: dedicated to serving our families.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour will Never Had a So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today, getting our civil rights update on in this new year with Civil Rights Attorney Kevin Anderson of Anderson and & Welch. And if you have questions, the number is 516-387-1944. If, or if you know of a case that we haven't touched on and, and uh, you wanted to bring it to the forefront, you know, please don't hesitate to give us a call.
0: So... What's next, Kevin? Let's talk about something that happened last month. This is uh, something that um, President Biden signed into, uh, into legislation. This was uh, something known as the uh, uh, Authorization for the Civil Rights Code Case Records Review Board to continue on past uh, 2024. Uh, this board is a, a federal group of uh, people uh, who facilitate investigations of unsolved civil rights cases by increasing the number of documents that are available to the public. In other words, uh, they are the watchdogs. They are the repository for uh, these types of uh, gatherings of information so that Uh, the Justice Department can do their job. And also uh, they serve as a feeder for law firms like our firm, uh, which concentrates on uh, police liability civil rights. Uh, So uh, according uh, to the the Department of Justice, approximately 115 civil rights cases remain unsolved. And um, this board was in jeopardy. Uh, but uh, on uh, the 5th of December, uh, President Biden extended the authorization for the board to exist, which was uh, uh, a plus, and it, it just kind of went under the radar here. Um, uh, can you imagine the number of cases that in our history would never have been resolved if a board like this or a group like this were not empowered to keep records and uh, to do what was necessary to make sure that those cases uh didn't grow cold so um well disappear they they're cold but disappear um so that happened december fifth
1: now are you are you talking about the uh u s commission on civil rights
0: uh i actually this is a board it's a five member board. board okay yes, the board they uh they investigate unsolved civil rights cases now i'm familiar with the u s commission on civil rights but uh, this board, uh, basically, um, they are a, they're a part of the National Archives and Records Administration. And so mm-hmm. what, they're, what they are doing is they're, they're gathering information and they're keeping it. and they're, they're kind of, you know, making sure that it's in place so that uh, the respective cases can be reviewed and hopefully addressed. So, um, you know, you've got, you know, a number of uh, civil rights matters that are are, uh, unresolved. And we know that there are violations of civil rights, but there's just no no defendant to be held accountable. There's uh, very little information uh, so that uh, these matters can be investigated. Well, it's this group, this group of heroes, you know, who is responsible uh, through the National Archives and Records Administration for uh, gathering and maintaining this information.
1: Hmm. Wow. Y- y- yeah. Yeah. Just things that that you don't hear about. You, you know, things under the radar that you you just have no idea that it, that if it was to fall apart, you know how how it would affect us. You know, because we don't know we don't know these things
0: exist. Absolutely. You know, those uh, like those those kids uh, or kids they weren't kids they were men uh, in Mississippi. Mm-hmm who were mm-hmm. killed, uh, you know, when they were investigating, or at least they were looking into matters. Uh, I think the movie Mississippi Burning uh, yeah. was... Uh, I don't care how old that based movie on gets. That. Yeah. It, that,
1: everybody should see that movie. I don't care how old it is.
0: Um, yeah. You know, it just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's um. a, that's, that's a real talk, man. I think, uh, like, um, you know, um, in the Till.
1: hmm um,
0: You know, sometimes we see things that happen and we know that they've happened, but we don't have the proof in order to move forward Uh, because ultimately what you know and what you see means nothing unless you can prove it. Uh, Documentation such as media information, uh, records, interviews, um, pictures, uh, these are things that uh, move us closer to redress for these uh, abhorrent civil rights violations right, I
1: know that so there's probably people out there, especially young people that are saying, why are we still talking about you know civil rights and having having to have these conversations and having to have these boards and and having to have these cases. You know, I, I, there's there's a lot of, you know, a lot of what happens now with our young people, especially our, our young black and brown people, uh, you know, they kind of take a lot of stuff for granted because, you know, they've heard about the fight or whatever. But they don't realize that some stuff is still going on under the radar, and it, it would just it, – it, we need to kind of get, you know, keep – are young people in the loop and, and get them involved in terms of understanding that some some of these uh, liberties that you take for granted, you know, c- could easily go go away, you know, at, at the turn of a calendar, you know, fil- uh, voting rights and all these uh, this other type of stuff, you know, if you're not wa- if you're not watchful.
0: Yes, yes, uh, you know, if you. I love it. You said it. if you're not watchful, you have to watch and and you you have to uh, be ready to become a part of the the reaction, you know, after you see something that's not appropriate. And um, you know, I remember during the uh um the aftermath of, uh, of uh, George Floyd's killing. I remember uh participating in a uh in a in a, uh, a a march and we were walking in I looked all around me, you know, and there were nothing but young people. And, mm. you know, they were, they were just going, like, at the top of their lungs, man, you know, like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And, man, I, mm. I was, like, fighting the tears back because I, was, I, I saw that energy, you know, and I, and, and, and I just, and I felt like, man, go, go, go. And it was, like, there were mm-hmm. hundreds of us, you know, all around me. And then we would stop in the intersection and everybody would take a knee and then you hear out of nowhere you know this voice on a megaphone you know no justice no peace and, and i'm like mm-hmm. oh my god man it was just resonating and you know and and you saw the police like you know facilitating at least where i was marching <laughs>
1: the uh the <laughs>
0: protest you know <laughs> and uh yeah um and and we i don't think we've ever in my life as an attorney been closer to unity um, with the youth and and this experience of of of, of uh, police um, misconduct and, and your ability to to say something about it and to be heard mm-hmm. because of it you know it, 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 it was just it was riveting, it was magnifying you know that whole concept that like man I am government I can do a, I can do something I can do something you know and, and yeah. uh, I love it I love it yeah yeah
1: i did find an article posting it um on G power hour facebook page about uh uh president biden's from a few weeks ago biden signed bipartisan civil rights lynching victim cold case bill into law uh the um the Civil Rights Cold Case Investigations Support Act of 2022, to secure justice for victims of unsolved lynchings
0: and murders. So, is it state? Uh, is it uh, Senate Bill 3655? You're looking at?
1: I'm I'm looking to try to find that the the bill number. Um, what date What date did he sign that bill that you're looking at? Uh, they said a few weeks ago. Um, Let's see here. So I'm trying to I'm trying to find find more information on that, but I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm not getting a date, but I'll I'll find some some other things. This looks like. I wish I could find a date on the actual article. but I can't find that either, but I, I'll I'll continue to look. But um, <clears throat> the the thing that just gets me is the, to to kind of. Have to keep saying, "Well, we need to put this into law," and just it, it just kind of bothers me because, you know, it's, it's 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 that constant reminder of, you know, you're not there yet, you know, you, you're not at a point where you're automatically considered a citizen and automatically included. Um, you don't see these kind of laws for for. Non-white, I mean, non, non-black people. For for, um, you don't see these kind of laws for white people. You really don't. You know. Well, why I, I think, why why is there I, you know this continuous need to have a law for you know minorities for black people for African Americans for uh, Hispanics you know and, and, and other you know I guess you could say disenfranchised people.
0: Okay, I mean, uh, you're talking about this uh, the civil rights code case. Uh,
1: well, uh, it's not about just about this. It's not just this. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not just this. It's, we we had to deal with the the Voting Rights Act. You know, this. You know, it, oh, it, 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 the time's going to run out on this, and then so what's going to happen? We're not going to be able to vote. Why is it that we are still, you know, uh, considered a, a you're supposed to be an American citizen? but you're considered separate and apart and there's they have to c- continue to have to write laws to write you in to the mainstream
0: right right well um there's a um a, a district court judge here in florida uh mark walker um he he said it uh he said it uh, aptly. uh he's in in um the uh, ruling uh, or his order that dealt with Senate Bill 90, which was an election uh, uh, law uh, case, Um, he said that the laws were squarely aimed at black voters and voters with disabilities and voters with limited income, that um, laws like that are the most egregious laws in the country. Um, And, you know, I think you will always have uh, people who have um, had power exercising that power um, over the powerless or those who aren't as powerful. And no one wants to give it up. No one wants to be equal uh, when uh, prior to that they were superior. Um, And, um, you know, inch by inch, inch by inch, uh, it's like retaking the turf. Inch by inch, inch by inch. You know, no one likes it and it's, it's, sort of inexplicable, because you can't really, like, you know, explain it with any clarity or any common sense. All you know is that, man, things aren't right. And, you know, we just keep plugging away at it and keep plugging away at it. And to some degree, I've just gotten to a point where I just know it's not right, and I'm going to try to fix it. Um, And because I'm a lawyer and I have to explain my actions, I do. But if it's not right, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to fix it, man. I'm trying to fix it. It's just not right, you know. Um, and you know that, that's kind of the uh, the philosophy that I've undertaken. You know, um, my granddaughter, uh, she is uh, she's clueless. You know, she's a a, a beautiful eleven uh, year old uh, who all she knows is that man. I put on a suit and I, and I wear a necktie, and I go someplace and I come home looking the same way. You know, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah she She doesn't know she knows who george floyd was, and she's heard of Breonna Taylor, but like you know mm-hmm. you know she's got you know white friends, she's got you know black friends, she's got uh you know spanish friends she she's you know all she knows right now is that life is good, you know, and there's mm-hmm. gonna come a point now there's gonna come a point where um, mm-hmm. we're gonna have to have that, that talk because will not stay like that, Yes. Yeah. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Because I remember, I mean, I'm I'm much older, but I kind of remember the same thing. You know, my dad putting on a suit, going to work, you know, coming home in the suit and everything, and, and, uh, you know, but then, too, they did sit me down and they talked about the stories, um, you know, about having to get in and out of the neighborhood, uh, uh, coming from church and having to be stopped, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. With, with, with mm-hmm. the police officer asking, "Where you going, Willie?" and, and you know, and my father's name was not Willie. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I you know they they tell I, you know yeah, you know my my father looked good going and coming from work and whatever else he was involved in and everything and you know made life look seamless. But then you know the stories were there. And then I even, you know, had my little share of stuff going on too, but yeah, you you kind of have to say, you know, this all looks good, and this is this this part is good, but you know, the road to get there and 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 the fight that continues, that's a whole other story.
0: There is a move afoot to cancel uh, the um, the education of. Uh our children concerning Mm -hmm. uh, some of the things that we're talking about. And uh, Florida Mm -hmm. is uh, just hell-bent. When I say Florida, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the current administration. They are Mm hell-bent on suppressing the truth. And um, the truth is important so that when you move forward, you don't make those same mistakes. And also Mm -hmm. there is a respect for your legacy. You know, I I just, um, you know, I I was uh, following that Stop the Wrongs to Our Kids and Employees Act, otherwise known as the WOKE Act, you know, which Mm -hmm. uh, in Florida, um, our governor signed into law last April, uh, Mm -hmm. making uh, it um, an unlawful employment practice if uh, individuals are, 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 are told or taught that they're morally superior to another person based on race, color, sex, or national origin, and uh, that they're inherently racist or sexist or oppressive if they're of a particular race, or that um, they bear responsibility for the actions committed in the past by members of their same race. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that law actually was attacked, and uh, last November... Um, the uh, uh, the U.S. District Court here in Florida, one of our U.S. District Courts, rather, um, mm-hmm. in the case of Purnell versus Florida Board of Governors, um, stepped in. They stepped in, and they found that the law was unconstitutional and that it violated both the First and the Fourteenth Amendment because it officially banned professors from expressing a disfavored viewpoint classrooms while permitting Mm -hmm. unfettered expression of the opposite viewpoint. So in other words it just stopped the truth but like you know on the flip side you know the counterpoint was okay to be discussed. So the law that was stopped. Uh, It only applied to public higher education institutions in other words colleges but it didn't fall Mm -hmm. down to K-12. So right now You know, we're still waiting. We're still waiting to see, like, what's going to become of the WOKE Act. Is it going to be stripped, you know, so bare until it's just barely, you know, hobbling along? You know, is it going to – and it'll make it to the 11th, and it'll make it – I'm talking about the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, and it may even make it to the United States Supreme Court. But, um, you know, we're fighting. We're fighting for that very same thing that we just talked about, G, you know, for, like, children to – to be told the truth, to be made aware of what is happening, um, you, know, we, you know, it's just we're not going to erase us. We're not going to be canceled out now, you know. So, um, yeah, that, that was a great segue, man. I, I've been thinking about that for a while. I've been wanting to talk about that yeah. for a while, but I just couldn't really work it in, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, you know, the thing is we know we don't get everything out of school that we're supposed to. <laughs> Sometimes we get mm-hmm. some stuff out of school that we shouldn't get. So I I am going to challenge and charge. There there are uh, churches out there. There are you know nonprofit organizations out there. There are organizations. There are entities that can that, that aren't restricted, you know, and can teach the truth. Because basically you know you know because someone says that they don't want to teach something because it may hurt somebody's feelings. You know, that doesn't mean that it's not true. That means that, that it's hurtful. And then a lot of times the truth is hurtful, you know, but we can't keep babying people and not just talking about kids, adults too. We can't just keep babying people and, and, and just saying, well, we're not going to talk about this, kind of like not talking about Bruno. Uh, we're not mm-hmm. going to talk about this because it may it may sting a little bit. It may hurt. Right. It may make you ask more questions if it makes you ask more questions, fine, you know, better than being ignorant, you know. And just because you get some truth that's hurtful, that doesn't mean you got to stay in the hurt. You know, you, you learn from these situations and you grow and move on, you know. So no one's asking you every time you hear, the story about slavery or every time you hear the story about the Holocaust or whatever, that doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt, you know, but what it does mean is that this is actual reality and you need to learn how not to let something like this happen again. And what are the lessons to be learned to make the future better for all of us? Okay. Sure. White, Hispanic, Asian. Everybody, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you are. The lessons have to be applied to make life as a whole better for everybody. Truth needs to be told, you know. You know, get get some, you know, if you want to get a little, you know, social circle, you meet, you know, once a month, you know, you sit down with your, your, your kids, your, your nephews, nieces, cousins, whatever, and say this. They don't want to tell you this, but this actually happened, you know. And get enough information to answer those questions, and then just say, okay, this is the game plan in terms of how you move on from here, and you don't hold on to it, and you don't necessarily hold people that actually had nothing to do with it uh, accountable. You know, there's nothing that can be done about what happened except to learn from it and grow and change and, and move forward in a positive direction.
0: So, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. There's nothing I can say uh, after that. Real,
1: real quick, what 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 should we be looking um, over uh, for the next month? Is there something that we need to be keeping our eyes on specifically?
0: I, I'm developing a few things, but what I what I wanted to do was to uh, start off the new year with a, a an applaud to uh, Floridians because. Uh, we were able yay. to deal with the uh, yeah no yay you know we were able yay, to deal with the uh, the a, a Florida Amendment Two, uh, which purported to abolish the Constitution Revision Commission, um, and uh, we never talked about that. But on the uh, on the on the, the recent ballot uh, in, in November, uh, there was an amendment uh, which would have abolished this thirty-seven uh, member commission. Uh, provided for in the state constitution. Uh, the commission meets every 20 years to review and propose changes to Florida's constitution. And mm-hmm. on the ballot, on the ballot, there was a uh, a, a move or at least a, a question which asked, mm-hmm. should we keep it or should we trash it? Uh, now, Florida is the only state, G., with the commission that can refer constitutional amendments to a ballot, that's important. That is power. So um, the uh, and we call it the uh, the CRC, the Constitution Revision Commission. Um, they uh, can refer these amendments directly to the ballot for a public vote. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, we voted to keep them. Okay. Uh, now the CRC convenes. Every twenty years, so we're safe for a while, but like you know we're um you know we're we're back again, and I believe it's twenty thirty seven I want to say yeah, I think it's twenty thirty seven uh but it's just an important important part of uh democracy uh for um a state that is uh i believe on the cutting edge of uh, the country's uh, policies. So that's what I wanted to add, because I'm, I'm giving uh, my fellow citizens a, uh, a hand clap for doing what I think is the right thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen to that. So um, yeah, I did post a little bit about that on there, too. It was actually an article, uh, WSF Goebbels, um, that uh, did before uh, Election Day, but it gives you some insight. It was an uh, amendment, too, so it'll give you a little insight in terms of that. Um Tomorrow, Finance Friday. We have Paul Z. Shelton of Warwick Shore. We have uh, Jabir Najer of Rajan Mortgage, and more on tomorrow. So make sure you join us. Kevin Anderson, thank you so much. We look forward to having you back very soon.
0: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
1: And thank you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour. I never had it so good. Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us. Be well. Be safe. Be blessed. Man, avoid that COVID. That was my Christmas gift. Anyway, (laughs) make sure you remember that all real power comes from God. You all take care.